Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecaster here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, October 5, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot of stuff on the docket today. The first thing we're going to do is reel back the tape a little bit and discuss something we discussed late last week. What is that? On Thursday, we talked about the market acting a little bit strange. It was weird. They were missing numbers on the upside. They were missing numbers on the south side. When they do that, among a number of other things, we can say that they're kind of angling for a larger move. We don't always know what direction they're going to go, but they're angling for a larger move. Whether it's in the north or the southern direction, when they do weird stuff, it's kind of like them shooting a flare up in the air. So what happened on Friday, the market gapped lower. They got into that space in between the previous low, and we'll just call it 332.37. That was the low from mid last week. And the gap that still is not filled, that gap is all the way down at 328.73. They got in the middle there, and all of a sudden, what happened? Our normal garden variety rescue operation ensued. They turned the market around and tried to rally it back. Now check this out. You like shenanigans? We have shenanigans. So on Friday, we had one of those fake tail candles. So what you have here is a candle that goes all the way up to the previous day's gap. The high was 337.01. The gap happened to be 337.04. It's close enough. We're not going to split hairs over three pennies. The point is, is here's the interesting thing. Just to get our faculties Right of the vertical is Friday and today's activity. So the market gapped up today, and I want to point out where 337 is. It's right where the crosshairs, where my cursor is, 337. Guess what? The market never made it to 337 or 337.01 or 337.04 on Friday. It came up short. That was a shenanigan slash phony tail candle. Now back to the daily chart, that doesn't necessarily tell you that the next day the market's going to gap up and above that area. That's not what it's about. It's shenanigans. It may or may not tell us something. It's more of an awareness. We want to know when those things are going on. They can be somewhat of a flare going up in the air and they can turn out to be nothing. More often than not, they turn out to be something, meaning the market tends to follow suit to or past that price area in the day following but you don't know what's going to happen the following day all right now that we got that in the rear view mirror let's talk about the front view mirror let's look out the windshield and say what do we have on the horizon is this actually the schematic that said this and we'll draw the schematic one more time one idea was the market was going to make a high, which it did in the beginning of September, would pull back to some place that would be a corrective move, and then it would start up again, potentially making new highs, maybe make a lower high. Either way, the market would start back up again. Well, guess what? Here we have the market runs up to make a top, makes a top, pulls back in a corrective mode, does that. Now here we are again, and guess what? We're already back above all the moving averages just like that with a snap of the fingers back above all the moving averages on the daily chart remember the trend is your friend until it's not and when you look at the weekly chart the trend has been up 
All we did was run a test of the 20 period moving average since we made the high in early September. And here we are again. The trend is your friend until it's not. Now, there's something else that I want to bring to the forefront. We've got some lines down on the screen below price. Some of them are significantly below price. We don't really need this one right now. It's not really important. 323.41, I think that is still an important price area. We're going to leave that on the board. We're also going to discuss for a moment 318.92. I want to bring this up and I want to talk about it in the vein of it's a really, really important price area. Let me just recap a little bit of my thinking. This isn't the total. This is kind of the cliff note version of my thought process. Once again, inside my head, dangerous place to be. You know all that. Remember, you signed up for a ticket on the ride. Let's go back to, and the date here is the 14th of July. So here the market could have, could have is the operative word, could have made a lower high. Bear with me, I want to go through this. Here's a high, could have made a lower high and sold off. That was the prevailing wisdom on one hand at the time. Not necessarily what we thought here, just saying that traders were looking for a lower high. So that could have happened. The market reversed on that day and the market gapped up. It never filled that gap. Remember, the low here is 319.09. We're talking about 318.92. And then one more time, they ran a test and that was back on this day of the 24th and the low was 319.25 and that was it. They never tested that gap again. They never filled that gap. Well, guess what? Over here on the 24th, ironically enough, of September, the low was 319.80. Once again, they never get to 318.92 to fill that gap remains open. I've said this before that the market is unlikely, if filled, to stop at that gap since testing it a couple of times. It's a very important price area. Let's put it this way. The market participants, whoever you want to call them as being, they know that that general area is important. The market knows that if they start trading below that area for very long, we could get a, and here's a technical term, we could get a cascade selling approach. Several weeks ago, maybe even a couple of months ago now, I made mention of the fact that there was a number that the market had. There was a number that exists in the market where if in fact they started closing daily below, closing the week below, that was going to be the number. That was the end of the highs, at least for the time being, and we would see another leg lower. Well, guess what? That 318.92 wasn't necessarily the number that came out of my calculator, but here's what I'll tell you. It's pretty damn close, and here's the deal. The fact that it's pretty damn close, and pretty damn close to be saying it three, four times, it's close enough to where I have my number, the market has this 318.92, they're really, really close, we're using that as a bogey. Just want to put it out there. I'm not saying we're going to trade down there tomorrow. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying when we do trade down there, remind me to bring that up again. What about inside the numbers? What do we got going on there today? 
Well, inside the numbers, and the market for that matter, was a pretty much slow motion grinding operation today, yet it did follow the predetermined schematic for the most part. All we had waking up Monday was a wake up green kind of day, and the realization that if the President of the United States can get the thing, the coronavirus, then anything goes, stay safe. Now let's get over to the market and the early thoughts. Let's go over the early thoughts. We have a Monday morning floater on our hands. What's a floater? It's a market that's floating up on rather light volume. There's no conviction, but they're floating up. There's a lack of sellers in the marketplace. There's a lack of reasons or excuses to be selling the market. All part and parcel to the floater. We don't care about reasons or excuses. What we care about are the numbers. The first order of business is, let's find out where we were last week. Where did we close out Friday? We know that an early shakeout, if they're going to go fill a gap, that's where they're going. So we put our numbers on the board. That's the southern numbers. We also need northern numbers. What are northern numbers? Right now, we had 33.70 to 33.85. It's a little wide. But remember, we just explained why 3.37 was on the board, at least one of the reasons. It was a gap, plus a phony tail candle. And then we had 3.38.50, which was also important. We're back at the routine. Here's a five-minute chart. Right at the vertical is today's activity. What's the line on the chart? 3.38.50. It pays to know your numbers pre-market. Now, let's remind ourselves of something. If something's listed as a resistance number, does that mean that the market's going to run up there and collapse back down? And the answer is no, it doesn't. What it does mean the majority of the time, we're using the 80-20 rule. If I say something is overhead resistance, we can count on one of two things. They may run up there and pull back right away. The second option or option B is they may run up there and then just run sideways any time off the clock. That's still resistance. If they do that and they do the sideways eating time off the clock thing, the next thing that enters our mind is what's going to happen next is they're building energy to make another push or a continuation leg higher, a la what happened today. Keep that in mind as you read through the remainder of the notes. Moving right along. Let's keep going here as the day gets underway, as the week gets underway. We have a quiet opening on our hands a la the 941 post. We're already thinking about, and that's because we're getting a pretty large gap up on a Monday morning. We start thinking about a mid-morning pivot. I'll move up the notes. What you can do is pause the video and go back to the notes and reference the prices and then go back to the charts and see exactly what happened after the fact. I urge you to do that. Double check the work. What you'll see happen throughout the day is really coinciding with what was discussed in the notes. What we were saying is that the market's going to run up and it's going to put some kind of morning pivot in. That generally happens when we get a large gap up or any kind of gap up and the market continues to go up. You're going to get a morning pivot. It looks like the market's going to go up all day and very rarely does it just go up all day. They put in a mid or late morning pivot. We talk about it all the time when it's applicable and today was none other than one of those times. Let's move along. So we're saying an area that should, under normal variety conditions, provide overhead resistance. They did go a little bit higher, but we're also reminding traders that shorting the market when the volume is very, very light and it's quiet is not an easy trade. It's not an easy trade. Put it this way. Just look at the market like this. There are some days when things are just bullish. 
whether they go up all day or they run sideways and then go up again towards the end of the day, it's basically a bullish day. Now, sometimes there's an allure to short the market because you can get a big move. That's what traders are interested in. Traders are interested in a big move that happens quickly. That's the business of trading. That's nirvana. We want that. But sometimes it's not worth the risk. Sometimes it's not worth the trade. Think of it like this. You're in a casino and you're at the craps table. There's 10, 12 people around the table. Somebody's going on a run. They continue to roll the numbers. Everybody's making money. They're cheering it on. They're having a drink. They're having a grand old time. There's always going to be a guy sitting in the corner, standing in the corner by himself on the don't pass line that's betting they're going to crap out. Eventually, they're going to crap out. The question is, how much money are they going to make and he going to lose first before they crap out? Sometimes you just don't want to be the guy on the don't pass line waiting for him to crap out. It's one of those things where there's a time and a place. Didn't feel like today was the time and the place. What it felt like, and you're going to see this, it felt like the market was going to run sideways, have a pullback, and then go up once again. It's early. It's 1034. Read the notes. I want to get to something a little more juicy. And by the way, remember that gap, that elusive gap that they didn't hit a couple of weeks ago? 338.81, 338.82. Well, here it is again, and obviously, maybe not obvious, but now it's obvious after the fact, they filled the gap. Finally, they had a pretty good failure away from that gap before they filled it today. And then already at 11 o'clock in the morning, 10.55, we're already telling you that the big fat round numbers are on the table. It's one of those days moving right along. Now, pay attention to this, 11.14. Here's where things are at present. As long as they stay above 337.50, they'll be angling to push higher later. Below 337.50, at least 15-minute candle closes, and they'll likely push toward the lows of the day. Running sideways will be a clue. There's another leg higher later. Now, at that point, they didn't even fill the gap yet at 338.82. Now, watch this. Move along a little bit. Here we are again, stay above 337.50 on hourly closes keeps the band playing on what's the translation of the band playing on keeps the band on stage keeps the bulls trekking higher they finally filled the gap moving right along 135 no change and little to report chop shop formation going back and forth once again above 337.50 on hourly closes and they're setting up for another leg higher and here we go 2 o'clock, 2.05, showtime for the Bulls to keep things pointed northbound. Getting below 337.50 and closing candles below opens the door for the lows from this morning. Will they put in a higher low for the day or fail? Hence, showtime. Below that, fumble and trouble. You see this at 2.10. So far, 337.51 low against 337.50 representing showtime. We'll take you into the end of the day here just so you can see the remainder of the notes. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart, do with it what you will. But what I want to do, and before we do, I'm going to reference the fact that there were no stocks on the move today. Nothing hit their objectives. In fact, we can go down to the actual list of there were three on the board. Win, Duke, and DraftKings. Nothing hit their number. The numbers weren't close. There was nothing moving at the opening bell. It was what we called a floater, right? So when you get a floater, not a lot of stocks are trading into support. But we have earnings season coming up in a few days. Have no fear. Companies are going to start reporting their numbers. And guess what? Stuff's going to be moving. Now, 
Let's get our faculties once again. Here's a 15-minute chart of the spider, SPY. Right at the vertical, today's activity. When the market was up here, we were talking about 337.50, saying that was really the line in the sand. That was going to be showtime. They have to stay above it, close 15-minute candles above it. They have to close hourly above it. What was the low in the afternoon? 337.51. When you see something like that happen, and I've put a number on the board that's right there within a penny, and the market starts trading away from it. You put two and two together and say, hey, they just came down to run a test of an important number. They turned around, and they're going back in the other direction. What did we say was going to happen after that? They would make another leg higher. What was on the table? The big fat round numbers. What was the high of the day? 339.96, 339.94 in this candle, and in this candle, 339.91, 340 is a big fat round number, came within pennies. What did we say earlier in the notes? If you read the notes, you read this. Sometimes they come up short by a little bit. Sometimes they spike it through. You never know which one it's going to be. That's why, for example, when you're trading to one of those numbers, you don't wait for them to spike through. You exit the trade before they get there. Don't be the chaza. What's a chaza? A pig that doesn't fly straight. It's also a greedy pig. So once again, we have no choice but to put this on the table. How do you like them apples? If you're active in the market during the trading day and not participating inside the numbers, you're a little whacked out. Check this out. We'll have a little fun with some numbers. As you know, I like numbers. Inside the numbers is 129 bucks a month. On average, there's 22 trading days in a month. If you put those two numbers together and you try and figure out what inside the numbers cost per day, it's less than six bucks, $5.86 a day. It's not worth it if you have the numbers. If you don't have the numbers, then what are you doing? Just to wrap up the daily chart, what's the next big time objective up north from current price? 345. What's somewhat magnetic from where current price is? 343, which is about 30 S&P handles above, and then 345, which is 20 more handles from that. How long could that take? They could be there tomorrow. What about Turnaround Tuesday? What happens if we wake up red on Turnaround Tuesday? You have the 50-period moving average and today's low. That's essentially the bogey. As long as they stay above the 50-period moving average, 336, today's low, then it would just be a garden variety pullback. Below that, and we have to start looking at the gap from last week and the fact that today may have been just a fake out. What about Camp IWM? What about fake out? Well, Camp IWM says today wasn't a fake out. Up four bucks, over two and a half percent. That's not a joke. It's not a fake out. It's a bull move in a growth index where money goes to find growth. That is not a garden variety move in the IWM. What do we know about the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator, which is why we pay attention. The IWM was up over 2.5% today. It's a puzzle piece. And guess what? Squarely on the table. How far away is resistance? Not that far away. Look where you are. You're coming up against double top zone. Between 158 and 160 is overhead resistance. What about the folks down at the transportation department? IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. Transports are in second position. 
They were threatening the 20-period moving average back and forth, riding it last week and the week before. Well, guess what? Squarely over it can't be or shouldn't be a one-day wonder, so we're not going to call it a one-day wonder. What we're going to call it is above the moving averages, the trend is your friend, and guess what? This market's not even close to breaking trend. We've talked about the weekly chart. We know some numbers that are vitally important to the weekly chart based on a weekly close. We're nowhere near them right now. This is a bullish chart in an uptrend. It is what it is. We talked about this last week too. If the transports are headed north or they're at least not falling apart, it's a proxy for the economy. It's the market's way of telling us that the economy, or at least the market, doesn't believe that the economy is going to crack anytime soon. Don't shoot the messenger. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. When things change, if we wake up tomorrow and the transports are down 500 bucks, we're going to have a different conversation. We address the market that's in front of us each and every day. That's the way we find success, not projecting what might happen, not imposing our will on the market, not installing our biases on the market, just calling it like it is, balls and strikes. Any different story in the queues? No, up 2%. Again, nothing wrong with the market when it's up 2%, nothing wrong with the market when they're above all the moving averages. As far as these charts are concerned, we made a top. They had a pullback and a corrective move. How long did it take from the top until the recent pivot low? About 15 trading days, about three, four weeks. We've had that discussion before. Garden variety. The media wants you to believe things are falling apart. Everybody thinks the market topped. Everybody thinks the trap door is going to open once again. And here we are again rallying in the market. What are they doing? They're climbing the wall of what? Yeah, the wall of worry. The market loves, absolutely loves to climb the wall of worry. What about the financials? How about the XLF? Let's talk about this for a moment because I was pounding the table at 23. I know a lot of traders purchased the XLF around 23. It's now 2470 on close. What we said was an exit could be around this pivot high over here. We'll call it 24. That was exit number one for moi. Exit number two was at the gap. What we said was around 24.60 to 70. The gap was 24.68. I said exit right before the gap. That was exit number two. Do I have another exit left? And the answer is yes, I do. The rest is absolutely, and we talk about this all the time, the rest is absolutely a risk-free, emotionless trade. Will there be resistance at 25? And the answer is Yes, there will. 25, 25 and a quarter is going to be my final exit on this trade. Could it go higher? Maybe. I'm not looking to marry it. I would call that a nice trade and move along. And by the way, the financials up 1.65% today is no slouch. Nothing wrong with the financials. Nothing wrong across the markets. Everything was pretty much in bull mode. We'll see if it was just a bull Monday mode. Will we have a turnaround Tuesday or will we get some follow through? By the way, we didn't talk about the RSP today and I think it's worthwhile because up 1.75% today, widespread or good breath in the rally. This is the equal weight index, the S&P equal weight, which means that Across the entire S&P, you had widespread participation. That's a positive for the market. Be the umpire, balls and strikes. Smash mouth, 
a good proxy for the tech sector. The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index up $6.25 today, over 3.5%. Is there anything wrong with this market? Absolutely not. However, will they run into overhead resistance pretty soon? And the answer is, yes, they will. About 181, 182, there will be overhead resistance. Doesn't mean they won't make new highs, just means they will likely have to eat some time off the clock first. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.